I was going to make a commitment to the kids that A, I won't speak too long, and B, I'll try and speak in a way that makes sense. But I need you to tell me afterwards if I've done those two things. So if you want out of five stars, how long I spoke, whether it was five being I spoke a really good amount of time and one being I spoke a terrible length of time, and whether you understood or not. Now, to understand, you have to actually listen, and that might be a challenge. But, but if you do listen, you can tell me out of five, five, you understood everything, and one being you didn't understand hardly anything, or zero being you understood nothing, yeah? So yes, so if you want to listen, um, we've been doing a series that you might not know because you've been in kids' church, um, but we've been doing a series on a, on a book called Letters to the Church by Francis Chan. And we're up to chapter six, and it's called Good Shepherds. And the word often we use in churches for shepherds is pastors. That means shepherd. And, and pastors often are seen as, as leaders, as leaders within the church. I'm going to give you a picture of uh, three people that you may recognise. Has anyone recognised this person? No one recognises him? No? Zali. Do you know who that is? Donald Trump. Yes. Excellent. Here's another leader. Does anyone recognise him? Does anyone know who it is? Tony Stark. Someone did say that. Yep. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm talking about the character, not the actor, okay? So I, I thought that might come up. Does anyone know who that one is? Postman Pat. Excellent. Now, these three people are, are fairly influential people. A number of people watch them and see what they're doing. They've all made one mistake, in my mind. They've all made the same mistake. They're all wearing suits. Oh, they are too. Good observation. They've all got ties. I agree with both of those things. They're both mistakes. But that's not the mistake I was thinking of. Jim, they're all males. Yep, that wasn't a mistake. Crystal, they're all famous. Yeah, possibly. Weird hair. Yep, you're not going to be able to guess. But they made a mistake that is actually really, really important. Is that they're all influential people, but none of them are trying to influence people in a way that people become like them. So Donald Trump doesn't want a whole heap of Donald Trump's warring around. He wants people to listen to him and do what he says, but he doesn't want everyone to become him. And same with Tony Stark. He likes his power and his influence, and he likes people listening and doing what he says, but he doesn't actually want people to be like him, to multiply what he's got. And Postman Pat's an amazing guy. He's very helpful. If you ever seen Postman Pat, he's awesome. He doesn't just deliver post. He's a very, very thoughtful person. But do you notice he does it all on his own? There's not a whole bunch of other Postman Pats going around copying what he's doing. He's got his black and white cat, very obedient cat. So they've all got the same problem in that they're great at doing things and influencing people. Some may say not so great. But they have a lot of influence. They're all leaders in some capacity, but their leadership is flawed because they're not multiplying what they're doing. And that's really significant. You go, hang on a minute, they've also all got something else in common. We don't know if they're Jesus followers or not. So maybe that's the difference. If they were Jesus followers and we knew they were Jesus followers, I'm not trying to judge either way, maybe that would make the difference. But when it comes to pastors, we're up to this chapter where it's talking to pastors and about pastors. And yet, words are so significant because some of the flaws that you see there are actually partly to do with what we've set up in the church. Can anyone think of a name 
other than pastor that we call pastors? Reverend. Reverend. I'm going to come back to that one last, but that's a good one. Yep. A priest. Yep. Father. Vicar. Any others? Minister. Now, some of them are all right. By all right, I mean they actually have a biblical foundation to them. So when you think about father, now father does multiply, doesn't it? Father tries to bring up their child in a way so that they're not a child anymore and they grow up to be a father themselves. And you go, that's pretty cool. We're talking about multiplication with a father. Now, it has other issues with it, but, but that's, that's a good part of the picture. Minister I have a bit of a problem with. I have a problem with the word minister because it implies that we're, we're setting some people apart to be ministers. What happens to everybody else that turns up? Whatever, it is not everybody a minister. So why are we separating some out to be ministers and not others? The one I struggle with the most is reverend. Do you know where the word reverend comes from? To be revered. I actually looked it up and I find this really hard. And if you're ordained, I'm really sorry. I'm not having a go at you. But the name itself... Check this out. Reverend is to worship, venerate, adore, to revere. So all of a sudden we're saying about these people in these particular roles that we're idolising them, we're revering them, we're worshiping. Hang on, that's, that doesn't fit. And so we create this framework, sometimes with the words, sometimes because of the meaning behind it. And we create this idea of what a pastor is, and even a pastor I'm not sure if you realise, but um, the word shepherd used in the New Testament is used in two ways. One as a title and one as an action. So the title, so think about if I was a, a bus driver, I could be driving a bus and you could call me a bus driver or I could have a profession of driving a bus and I'd be a bus driver. So, yeah, so there's two sorts of bus drivers. If I just jumped in a bus from the driving and I'm a bus driver, but only because of the action, not because I'm qualified legally or otherwise to be a bus driver. And it's the same with shepherd. So shepherd has two words for it. The doing word, to shepherd, to look after people. And the other one is a title for shepherd. And the title is used for Jesus. He is the good shepherd and for us we're given the task of shepherding to copy him so even pastor is a little bit twisted but there's a, a concept that is really really important and this comes to all leadership and this is the point that I want to make this morning it says in 1 Corinthians 11:1, 1, Paul says imitate me as I imitate Christ imitate me as I imitate Christ so in this book, Francis talks about a bunch of things that pastors need to copy, need to follow. He starts off talking about pastors needing to be Christian. And you might think that's a little bit weird. Surely a pastor already is a Christian. But we can see some behaviours that maybe aren't particularly Christian. Below that is actually a desire and a heart and a commitment to serve Jesus, to follow Jesus. And we can't just assume that. That's really important. The next one is a praying pastor, a humble pastor, not proud or arrogant. 
a loving pastor, an equipping pastor, a spirit-filled pastor, one that doesn't just rely on their own strength and ability, but actually trusts the Holy Spirit alive and active in their life to be their strength, their direction, and to exercise the gifts of the Spirit. A missional pastor, not to just be thinking about themselves or the life of the church, but actually to be serving. The last one is a suffering pastor. When we look at all these, we go, yep, that all makes sense. And for those that are, that are looking at the book in, the, in the, um, their Activate groups, I'm not going to go any further than this, but feel free to unpack it more. But you see, when we look at all these, we look and we say, okay, there's a bunch of things that a pastor needs to be. And I'm going to change the word pastor to leader. Are you okay with that? Only because it's a generic term that we can understand and there's a point I'm getting to later. So if a leader is meant to have all these things, all these qualities, what does that mean for everybody else? For just an average Jesus follower, is it any different? Is there anything on that list that you don't think a follower of Jesus should, should have, should follow? Nothing? So a leader is doing something that everyone should be doing. Or leaders should be doing something that everyone should be doing. And that's the significance of this verse that I've just pulled out from, from 1 Corinthians. It says, be imitators of me as I am of Christ. Now, it might look a little arrogant of Paul to say that, to say, hey, copy me because I'm following Jesus. But what he's actually saying is that as I follow Jesus, I want you to follow Jesus too. So look at what I'm doing in the hope that you actually follow Jesus, which is awesome. But he wasn't the first one to say that. Jesus says in John 15, As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. So God the Father loved Jesus, and Jesus has loved his disciples. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. So what does it look like to be a leader? It looks like this. What does it look like to be a Jesus follower? It looks like this. So who's a leader? And this is where we start getting interesting because quite often we separate people out as leaders when the job of a leader is actually to multiply what they're doing to not be separated out, to not have a function that's different. There may be some organisation and some management and some, some structural things they may need to do, but the purpose of a leader is to create leaders or equip leaders or inspire leaders or encourage leaders. And when you think about it, it doesn't matter what environment you're in, there is an opportunity to be a leader. Sometimes we put labels on people and brand people so that we understand where they fit. But other times, it's so that we get out of doing something. And I guess what I really wanted to emphasise today is that this idea of shepherding, pastoring, leading, ministering is not something we can put a badge on someone to do. 
It's not something that we can put a label on someone and say that's their responsibility because it's actually something that we all need to cultivate. We all need to desire to grow and learn and understand and develop. I actually want you to think for a second about areas in your life where you are a leader. So there's some really natural ones. If you're a mother or a father, you're naturally a leader in that space. If you're a boss at work, you're naturally a leader. But what about other spaces where you're naturally a leader? Where you may not naturally be a leader, but you are actually a leader. In your community, yep. There's amazing opportunities to be a loving leader, a humble leader, a praying leader, a spirit-filled leader, a missional leader, a suffering leader, and a Christian leader in your community. You don't need a title to do that, do you? Where else could you be a, a leader without a title? Everywhere. You make a choice to lead wherever you go. And this is really cool because this is exactly what Jesus did. He started his ministry with a bunch of people who were misfits. There were a bunch of people that were, were fishermen and tax collectors and they came from predominantly very uneducated backgrounds. They weren't what the world would have said was the cream of the crop to make leaders out of. And I believe he did it deliberately to make a point. Not just to those 12, not just to the others that were around and saw the potential of what he created out of those amazing people, but as an example for us to say, you have an opportunity to be a leader in any environment. You do not need the title pastor. By the way, just officially, I'd like to declare Nathan now Tulla Tulla. Anyone that's ever called me Tulla Tulla in the past, which is Fijian for, for pastor, which I hate, and I hate being called pastor anyway, but again, that's slightly more revered. It's along the lines of reverend in, in Fiji, so it's just so wrong. But anyway, if anyone wants to call someone Tulla Tulla, Nathan's now in a position to be called Tulla Tulla, so beautiful. Good work, Tulla. <laughs> So there you go, that's official. Um, But this is a problem. Like as soon as someone puts a a title, I want to give you an example because I started a job four months ago and it was a job that I wasn't replacing someone. It was a new position that hadn't been there before. And the company had been operating fine, a company that sells camper trailers. And my title was marketing coordinator. But do you know what happened from the first day I started, I had a whole heap of jobs to do that other people were doing the day before. And the reason that happened is because they all of a sudden went, someone's got a title called marketing coordinator. Awesome. I don't have to do this anymore. So there were salespeople that were not organising brochures for their trade shows. They went, oh, well, someone else has got a title for that. And all of a sudden, overnight, by having a title, there were a whole heap of people that stopped doing what they were meant to be doing. It was a bit of a shock to the system. I wasn't prepared for that. But it shows you what happens when we think the title defines the activity. And I think it's really important that when we choose to follow Jesus, he's our good shepherd. He's the one that that instructs us and directs us. And we say yes 
I will lead and influence people as you instruct me, not within the framework of Matt's the pastor, he'll do it for me. Nathan's Tala he's the one who'll do it. And it's a concept that might sound easy and straightforward, but so often I think we delegate our responsibility, we delegate our potential, we delegate what it is we're capable of or what God thinks we're capable of even if we don't. And as Sal said, that's in every environment. Friday night, last story, I was f- flying back from this other job that I was, I was working in Queensland on. I had a couple of days of very little sleep and I'd reached the airport at 8 o'clock. My flight was at 10 o'clock and I was pretty out of steam and I thought, this is awesome, I'll get to do nothing for two hours. And I, that's pretty much what I did. And I got on the plane. When I checked in, they said, oh, do you mind being in the emergency aisle? And I was like have a look at me, I'd love to be in the emergency aisle. <laughs> but that would be fantastic. I did find out the plane wasn't fully booked, so I could have had a bit of room anyway. But um, the idea of having a bit of leg room was, was awesome to me. And as I went to sit in my seat, this guy comes up behind me and he says, oh, I think that's my seat. And I was like, oh, no, I'm in C. What have you got? You've got A. You're, you're at the window. And he goes, ah, oh, those effing people they told me they'd give me an aisle seat and I said oh I'm I'm fine I'm happy to sit there if you want to sit here oh that'd be really good thanks so we switched seats and I was ready to sleep for two hours but this guy was not interested in sleeping so then you go okay let's stop for a minute I'm a Christian disciple a praying disciple, a humble disciple, a loving disciple, an equipping disciple, a spirit-filled disciple, a missional disciple and a suffering disciple. What is my possibility right now? Who am I? Whether I've got the pastor title or not, and this guy doesn't know me at all. What is my possibility? Am I a leader in every environment or not? I've got a book and a tablet right in front of me. I can bury my head in that and pretend he's not there. I said, Lord, give me strength. I got nothing. (laughs) And within 20 minutes, I was sharing the gospel with this guy. Not because I wanted it, not because I led the conversation there, but he said, what do you do with yourself? How do you spend your time? And so I politely answered his question. He says, oh, that's really interesting. I'm intrigued. Could you tell me more? I'm not even pushing this conversation. I'm, I'm waiting for the wind-up so that I can do nothing, get some sleep. And I was like, hang on a minute. Who am I and what is my agenda? And we didn't stop talking for two hours. It wasn't laboursome. I believe the Spirit gave me power and opportunity and I was able to talk gracefully into some of his misunderstandings about Christianity, about his childhood at a Catholic school and what that meant to his understanding of faith. I was able to understand a little bit about where he came from. He's a school teacher. And I said, so what if one of your kids came up to you and said, why do you get up in the morning? How are you going to answer them? This isn't just about me. I'd love to know what you think about life. What's valuable to you? And it was amazing two hours. But it was only that because I wasn't after a label or a responsibility based on something someone had labelled on me. But I was in a position to say, this is who I am because I love the Lord and I want to follow Jesus. So I really want to encourage you this morning 
that you are all in fact leaders. And if you don't think you're a leader, those who are your leaders have some work to do to build you up, to equip you and to encourage you into that place. And if you struggle with leading, please don't stay there. Ask for help. And I'm not talking about leading as in looking for a label. I'm talking about being a person of influence, being an encourager, an equipper, being able to get around people and help them. Because that is exactly what Jesus modelled and that's exactly what he wants from our lives. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you so much that you gave us such a beautiful example of what leadership looks like. Lord, I thank you so much that you gave us value and significance when we didn't deserve it. Not as a label, but just in terms of how you designed life and how you choose to interact with us. Lord, I thank you that you don't leave us to wander aimlessly to discover this ourselves, but you've given us an example and your spirit is able to lead and guide when we listen and obey. And Father, I pray for each and every one here that we would be people that see that which you've placed in us. The differences as well as the same things. We would be eager to see the leadership that you have placed on our lives. Lord, I pray you'd help us to unpack some of the bad things that we might have struggled with to understand and expectations and things we've placed on others or even bad examples of leadership we've had in our own lives, Lord. I pray you'd bring healing into that place. Restoration, Lord God. Any bitterness or resentment or, or things that we hold against leaders, Father, I pray you would, you would bring healing into that place. But Lord, I pray you would also help us see you as our measure of what a healthy leadership looks like. We would be inspired and encouraged and spurred on to be people of influence, to grow in maturity and to share the love and the hope and the freedom and the new life that's only found in you. In Jesus' name, amen.